Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmel, a foolish slave to curiosity who has tragically opened the lament configuration. Here to explain to me the full depths of my mistake is my friend and one of the coaches of Vanguard Tactics, the pinhead to my Kirsty, Mr. Michael Costello. Mike, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. I'm here. Um, I've been blessed by Nurgle, um, but I'm excited to talk about the rest of the Demons book. Um, and it's about time. It's about time we talked about the rest of this book. Yes. Yeah. For those that uh, is, are unaware, which is basically everybody but me and Mike, uh, we actually tried recording this episode about two weeks ago, and um, somehow uh, some some demons got into the uh, internet, and the noosphere was contaminated, and uh, so we lost everything. So we had to now we have to re- do it all over again. So that's why I'm not even asking him, Mike, if he gets my opening because he already does because I explained it to him already. It's it's <laughs> like uh, we're we're Groundhog Daying this one. So. Um, Let's move it along expeditiously because we have a whole lot to cover today. We figured that out too in our earlier attempt at this. There is still a lot to cover in this book. So, uh, first, thank you Siege Studios for continuing to sponsor this podcast and everything, uh, and, and as well as the uh, the YouTube videos and everything that Siege sponsors in this. You guys do incredible work. Thank you very much for continuing to support us. If you need anything commissioned painted, look no further than Siege Studios. Uh, they are the ones that can get your stuff. Everything from battle ready up to Golden Demon Standard, depending on how much you want to pay. So check them out on Instagram and on the internet. Uh, do the old Google search. Quick announcements for uh, for Vanguard Tactics. The Competitive 40K Podcast Community Facebook page is up and running, and we have a huge uh, community going. It's uh, quite awesome when I get to check in. And uh, we're actually going to change the password for the month of October. Mike, what's it going to be? Oh. Pick something. Okay. It's going to be Carl. Call. All right. As in the Votan leader, call. Not yes. Carl, the kid from Walking Dead. Call. K A H L. And I will tell you, people, guys and ladies, I, I have denied several people trying to get into the group because they didn't put in the password and they didn't answer the other questions. If you just click it, add, and you don't answer the questions and don't give us a password, the answer is no. But the password is going to be call for the month of October. Uh, obviously, if you're a little late, you know, hearing some of these recordings and you still use Dante, I will forgive you. But, um, you know, that's going to be about it. So as far as uh, the LGT workshop, uh, sounded from what I heard, went really well um, last uh, Friday. Sounded like it was a it was a great event and um, well sold out. Yep. And everybody had a, everybody seemed to do a great. I was, you know, checking up on BCPL weekend, tracking how you and Steve and Kyle and David and everybody else were doing on the. Obviously, the handsomest man in 40K had to check Jake how he was doing with his <laughs> he was with his Gene Sealer Colts because he doesn't quite have all the Votan models he needs yet. Yeah. So it, it went really well. Um, everybody loved it, uh, and we caught up with a few of the students during the, uh, the the two days of the event, and and they were just really really appreciative of, of everything and told us how different it is to see everything in person on the table uh, and how all of the lessons sort of come together once they can put their army uh, on the table and run through all of the drills that we did. So really, really successful. Um, and I'm so glad that, that they made the most of it. Awesome. That's great. Uh, and then, oh, we have to uh, thank our other uh, sponsor, uh, Harder and Steenbeck. Um, make sure to check out them if you need an airbrush or any sort of airbrush airbrush uh, supplies or parts. Uh, go look no further than the Harder and Steenbeck guys. And uh, I believe that they're still doing their uh, fundraiser, their charity fundraiser uh, for the hospital in Ukraine. So uh, go on their website and check them out and uh, do what you can to help them out, please. 
we do have a, uh, now that I'm, I'm back to getting caught up on some of this stuff, we have some, some great reviews coming in. Uh, first one is from Bleeding Hippie on Apple Podcasts. Uh, the title was Great Podcast. It's a five-star review. Thank you very much. Um, and his comment was, or, or her comment, I shouldn't uh, assume gender. Uh, this is a great podcast that is just the right mix of entertaining and informative. Also a particularly big fan of Mike's jokes when he's on the show. So you got a fan there, Mike. Thanks. And uh, we, had, we had another one, Great Tone, Great Ethos, five-star review. As a casual 40K player who often doesn't have the time to stay abreast of the meta, I find this podcast hugely helpful with their faction summaries. The balance of objective reviews, subjective insights, and hints, as well as all hosts having an easygoing podcast presence really helps hits the spot for me. A great background to have on when hobbying. And uh, this was from the other Conrad Curves. So your nice. twin in the warp there, Mike. Ave Dominus Knox. Ave Dominus Knox. Uh, so thank you very much for those reviews. And I will get around to um, adding some more, uh, reading some more out on future episodes now that I'm getting caught up in some stuff. Uh, so. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to uh, have your reviews read on uh, a future episode or if you just want to uh, be kind and uh, help us out, um, like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen to uh, these quality podcast episodes. Uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find Steven on Instagram at, at the Vanguard Tactics. Mike is there at, at, unders- at VT underscore Mike underscore. Uh, and I'm there as at Infantry Lawyer 40K. Uh, and... Uh, don't forget, you can also go to www.vanguardtactics.com to get more information about the Academy. And of course, don't forget to uh, go to YouTube and check out all the VT stream games and other content there. There's a lot of good stuff about uh, Votan. I'm actually kind of jealous you guys got that stuff uploaded before um, <laughs> we did our review, but that's okay because those points upgrades and all that stuff came out. So we're going to do a kick-ass couple of episodes on, on yeah. the Votan in the next couple of weeks. I'm also looking to do a an all rules lawyer segment, uh, an all rules lawyer episode coming up soon as a little uh, as a little amuse bouche uh, to change the flavor of all the codex reviews we've been doing all summer. Uh, now that we're into fall, got to do some change things up a bit. So speaking of rules lawyer, uh, Kelsey Ito had left us a question uh, on the Facebook uh, community group. He said, "Hey, if I deploy a webway gate, uh, can I then use Phantasm to put it into reserves?" The Webway gate rule states that it's a unit and Phantasm says you can redeploy units and you may put them in reserves. Uh, there also aren't any rules about terrain coming in from reserves. Um, uh, um, um, well, good question. Yeah, It's a great question. Um, I think and Mike and I talked and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I think our, our consensus was, yes, you can put it into reserve, but you're going to have a problem getting it back out of reserve. Yeah, um, because, I mean, there's a lot of places that have ruled it correctly, I might add, that you do need to set them up as the box shows the webway gate. So being able to deep strike that, and remember the fortification rules still apply where when you set it up, it has to be more than a certain distance from other terrain pieces. So now when you deep strike it or strategic reserve it, it has to be not only more than nine from enemy units, but also more than three inches from terrain pieces. It's going to be impossible to put on the table. So And you have the further issue that putting something into moving something onto the table from reserves mean it has to move. It even says moving on from reserves. Mm. And so when you set it up, it is, it counts as a, as having moved and fortifications for, for, you know, generally speaking, can't move. Even my beloved Tidewall uh, shield line, it can move, but it has to, but only moves when you do an action. Um, Mm. And if you're not on the table, you can't do the action. So you can't technically move it on from the table. At least that's the way I've interpreted it. So yeah, uh, short answer, Kelsey, is 
maybe, but don't, you don't bother. You don't even try because <laughs> you're gonna you are gonna put yourself and any TO that you ask about that into such mental gymnastics. Steam yep. will come out of their ears, and everybody will just stop and look at you funny. So, um, you you maybe could get away with it in a garage game, but generally, you know, just for for funsies, or maybe in a crusade game for funsies, I would argue yes, because you know, um, in those Dawn of War games, you can always deep strike the webway. Case. That's true. That's true. So, so there's that. I you, I would argue if you're going to do a crusade game, maybe talk with your 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 league or your group that you're doing that with, and see about doing it. But in a competitive environment, I would say no. Yeah, have to so. agree. All right, uh, upcoming events. I'm going to be at the South Georgia Havoc Major um, in Valdosta, Georgia next weekend of 14th, 15th, 16th. Um, whatever that weekend is. I think it's the 15th, 16th. Um, so um, I will be there. My lovely wife will um, sadly not be competing. She'll be in California doing work stuff. Um, well, what's your next event? Are you going to, is it Leicester? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking is it, we call it Leicester over here. Oh, sorry, Leicester. Um, I, okay. I, I'm still learning my pronunciation of British stuff. Those bloody Americans and their horrible pronunciation. So um, I'm thinking of Leicester. There's also the Coventry GT, which is November. Um, I think I've got a tournament on the 24th of October, um, Southampton. So Southampton, um, this is run by the Brawl team uh, with Entoyment, one of our partners and sponsors. Uh, a lot of us will actually be there. So 24th of October, if you are in the UK, definitely book a ticket. Um, there is a discount code floating around. Um, so definitely get a hold of that. And uh, yeah, rock up. It's going to use all the VT terrain. It's going to be a great event um, in Southampton. So that's the next event. Uh, definitely check it out. Awesome. Very cool. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's uh, move into our main topic for today, which is the, I want to say the second half. But it's like the second two thirds the yeah. latter two thirds <laughs> of uh, Codex Chaos Demons. Uh, we're going to be moving into, and we're not going to cover every data sheet, guys, because there's too many and we won't be able to yeah. get through everything. So we're just going to try to give you guys the highlights and then focus on um, what, what can reasonably pose a major threat to you on the tabletop if you're facing it and what things you might want to give particular attention to if you're building a, a list from this book. So uh, starting off with the Book of Change, obviously that's... Uh, going to be all the zinch related stuff and uh just like the with the book of blood that we did with corn there are three exalted abilities mike tell us about the exalted abilities so we have architect of deception for 35 points um minus one to hit with range attacks so you can put this on your your lord of change and then minus one to hit with range attacks very nice master mutator uh so if you do any more wounds with your lord of change um, that any of the units that have suffered more wounds, you roll at the end of your psychic phase, and on a two plus, they suffer an additional more wound. So just one more. So if you did manage to get off a power that hurt lots of units on a two plus for each of those units, they could take another more wound. Um, that one's in at 30 points. And then we've got Nexus of Fate, which is in your command phase. Um, if the model's on the battlefield on a four plus, you get a command point. That's 20 points. So good abilities. Yeah. Um, I'd probably be looking at, uh, I quite like Master Mutator for the extra more wounds. Um, the CP's okay. Um, I mean, they're all good. They're all good. Yeah. Right, for 20 points, I, I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Nexus of Fate and giving you a, an extra CP on a four up is not bad, uh, for just a 20 point investment, especially when there are some decent strats in this book, mm -hmm. um, that, that you're going to want, especially if you're, if you're running, uh, flamers. So, um, speaking of, of strats, um, 
uh, just so you guys know, we're, we're going to skip over it, but uh, we're not going to do all the strats. There's not no time, but no. Um, every single one of these books has the strategies and the one CP strat to give an extra relic. Um, you are actually, you know, you, you can use it twice to give two extra relics out um, to your army. Yeah. So uh, every single book has that. So we're not going to keep repeating ourselves. But um, besides that, what's what's your top pick uh, strat out of this section? Top Mike? pick strat and the one that everybody's going to have to watch out for is warp portal. Okay, so this is 1 yep. CP, 2 CP. In your movement phase, when you select a demon zinch character, instead of moving it normally, you remove it from the battlefield and set it up anywhere on the battlefield that's more than nine from enemy models. If they're a herald, it's 1 CP. Otherwise, it's 2 CP. Now, this is incredible. You can do it on a Lord of Change. You could do it on Kairos Fate Weaver and then use his Warp Locus ability, as we've discussed previously, to get closer yeah. deep strikes. You could also use this on a character to do psychic actions, potentially. Maybe it's the end of the game and you just need to get off another interrogate. Um, and you can do this on Bellacor because he does have the Zinch keyword. He does. That's a good point. All right. Uh, and then there are some, um, there's some other good ones. Warp Jaws isn't bad. Um, a burning Warp Fire uh, has the potential, but we're going to move on and get into some of the, uh, uh, well, first let's, let's, we're going to talk about Warlord traits. Um, there's there's six warlord traits as there are for each of the four um for the four chaos gods. Um, what is your uh, top pick? Well, you only get one as demons, unfortunately. Yep. And my top pick, and I think many people's top pick, is incorporeal form. Each time an attack is made against this warlord, subtract one from that attack's wound roll. Wow. Really good. Yeah. Really good for for survivability, um, especially since you're going to be putting that on probably a lord of change. Yes, with a th- with the three plus unmodifiable save against ranged, and you know you're probably not going to leave them that close to combat. It's going to be very hard to shift with this warlord trait. Yeah, uh, and obviously there's a he- there's a six really good. Um, well, there's six psychic dis- psychic powers. Um, there's three really good ones, um, but yep. again, we're not going to go through all of them. Uh, Infernal Gateway is another good one for for moving people around. Um, oh no, sorry, that's a mortal wound. Infernal Gateway is a mortal wound one. That's right. Yeah, it's probably yeah, the most. That dangerous was one of the ones power. we talked about. Was a mortal wound one. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Now, relics. Relics are a little more worth discussing because you do get more than one. You yes. can have up to three. So, give me your top three relics. Top three. So, the impossible robe for me. Okay. Once per phase, when a saving throw is failed for the bearer, you can use this ability. If you do so, the damage characteristic of that attack is changed to zero. So it's once per phase. Yeah. Or turn, and you can use it. So on any particular attack, you can choose to make it damage zero. So if it's a railgun, you can make that damage zero. But if it's like a flamer one damage, you can choose to just take the wound. Yeah, which is a lot better than, say, the, the same ability on a um, Tau Enforcer Commander. My wife has yeah. figured out that when she shoots at my commander, she uses her Storm Bolters first to hopefully <laughs> force me to waste that reduced damage to zero on a stupid Storm Bolter shot. And once she's got that's gone through, then her Paragon Warsuits commence to multi-melt a um, barraging him. Oh so, no, they're learning. Yes, she, yeah, she has learned. So um, my wife is many things and highly intelligent is one of them. Uh, so yeah, so the, uh, that one, the fact that it is, this is a far more flexible ability and, and the fact you can use it, not like Mike said, not just once per turn, but once per phase, very solid. All right, next pick. Next pick, um, I'm going to go with uh, the Everstave. I think it's quite nice. Um, so each time the bear attempts to manifest a witch fire psychic power or smite, 
on an unmodified psych test of nine or more, it cannot be denied. Yeah. Cool. And since you're going to be doing a lot of witchfire psychic powers, trying to mortal wound the bejesus out yep. of your opponent, why not? Yeah, exactly. This is great. Yeah. Um, it's worth saying none of the relics can go on a vehicle model for the Zinch guys. Um, so you can't put it on like your chariot um, guy. Yeah. Last choice. So there's interesting. There's a uh, there's an extra damage for melee weapons, which is quite nice. But but my my favorite is the Soul Eater Stave. Yes, this is this my favorite. Three. Yeah. So each time an enemy model is destroyed by a mortal wound inflicted as a result of a psychic power manifested by the bearer, roll a d6 on a four plus the bearer regains one lost wound. Cannot regain more than six lost wounds in each psychic phase as a result of this ability. So you guys are just going to go out there, do mortal wounds, and then feed off of them. Yeah, this is great. Put this on your yeah. Put this on your Lord of Change, and uh, he's going to go out there, and you've already, um, you know, you've you've given him the uh, the incorporeal form ability, so that he's already minus one to wound. It's going to be hard to kill him, and then this will render him almost unkillable because um, he's going to be smiting and witch firing and mortal wounding the yep. bejesus out of your opponent. And every time, and it says each time an enemy model is destroyed, not a unit model. Yeah. So you drop this on three of anything. I don't care if it's Votan, Eldari, uh, anything. You do three three mortal wounds on something. You've just healed three wounds. Yeah. So that's you. You can't go wrong with that one. No, it's great. All right. Speaking of Lords of Change, uh, let's talk about the leader of them all, Kairos Fateweaver. Alrighty, Kairos Fateweaver. So um, his stat line, which is going to be basically the same as the Lord of Changes, uh, and I'll just go through some of the small changes. So 12-inch move, because he's got those big wings, uh, three up to hit in combat, three up ballistic skill, strength six, toughness seven, 22 wounds, it's 20 on the normal Lord of Change, five attacks, uh, leadership 10, uh, and the demon save is a five plus in combat and a three plus against ranged attacks. Now, he's got a staff. There's no sweep profile on it, um, but it does put him to strength 8, minus 3, 2d3 damage. So he can hit quite hard with those five attacks. Yeah, he's going to walk it, walk into combat if he has to and just start bopping people in the head. Yeah. All right. So speaking of heads, he's got one head looks forward because he's got two heads, this guy. Yep. Uh, each time a psychic test is taken for the model, add the current battle round number to the result. Okay, so battle round five, he's going to get plus five to his cast. How cool is that? Yeah, uh, and then one head looks back once per battle. Uh, you can, when your opponent uses a stratagem that isn't the command reroll, each subsequent time they use that stratagem, it costs one extra, um, which is quite nice. Yeah, somebody declares they're going to use transhuman for the rest of the game. That's going to be a two CP or three CP, depending on who they're who they're yeah, putting. Yeah, exactly. Um, or if they maybe if they've got a stratagem to ignore mortal wounds. Yep, that'd be a really good move. That would be a good move. That'd be a smart play. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, that's that's something that you really and with the you know with the Nephilim change to um, to CP issuance, yeah, sh- shorting your your opponent CPs, you you know they're only gonna, they're only getting off one or two you know strats a turn. Yeah, if you can cripple one of them, that's a that's a strong play now. Yeah, this really really hurts. Um, right, so this guy can cast three, deny three, and knows all of the Zinch psychic powers. And he has the warp locus keyword, as I mentioned previously. Yeah, very strong. Um, and then the the like you said, the the regular uh, non named Lord of Change is just the same stat line, but two less wounds. Um, yep. He does have a, a couple different weapon options. 
both of them, Kairos and the regular Lord of Change, both have the um, reroll ones to hit aura ability for um, for Zinch core units. Um, and the Lord of Change, the regular Lord of Change, also has the Master of Magic's ability. Each time a psychic test is taken for this model, add one to the result. If the model has 10 or more wounds remaining, add two to the result instead. So right out of the gate, he's plus two to cast. Excellent. So, not bad. Not bad. And he's he's uh he's not a he's not a whole lot less, but he's a few points cheaper if you don't want to spend the extra points on Kairos. Yeah. Having a regular yeah. order change is just fine. Yeah. All right. Um there are one, two, three, four, five. Yep, five heralds in this book. We are not yep. gonna discuss them all. But is there one that stick jumps out at you? Um, I think um, the rest are so similar that for me the changeling jumps out. Yeah. So the changeling, um, he's got really cool ability uh, where he can, if he's in in engagement range of an enemy infantry model, he can use the stats of one of their weapons. And furthermore, he can also, until that fight's resolved, use their weapon skill, strength, and attacks characteristic. So let's say he's in combat with uh, a Baden. Well, he can use Abaddon's statistics and Drachnian, right. which is awesome. Um, yeah. But he's otherwise, you know, cast one, deny one. He's got the reroll wound rolls of one that all of the, the heralds have got, bar the very strange one. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's just basically just infantry um, caster, and he's got that cool two abilities. Yep. Um, and most all the heralds all have their own little um, individual details. Ask your opponent when you get it to the table, what exactly does that one do besides having the yep. lieutenant rerolls? They all have the lieutenant reroll. Um, oh, no, the blue scribes don't. The blue yeah, scribes, the blue don't, scribes have the, don't have the herald keyword either. They're they're a bit weird. The blue scribes. Oh, that's right. They're they're an HQ choice, but they're not technically a herald. Mm. But they are an HQ choice. So um, I I like the blue scribes for what they do. But if you guys want to know, buy the book. Yes. Moving on. Um, there's two troops units in this book: blue horrors and pink horrors. Blue horrors cannot um, do actions, and they don't have opsec. So that's right. Um, and if any, and if the unit even has blue horrors, so if you have a pink horror unit and they split into blue horrors, um, the the unit loses obsec and loses and can't do actions. So that is one well, of the great. Not quite, not quite that. No, did I, did I read that one wrong? Because it's it's because it says this unit cannot. So yeah, so th- that's in the blue horrors uh, one, but on the pink horrors page, we'll see. Um, it says exploding horrors, and it says while well, this unit only contains blue horror or brimstone models. Ah, uh, I missed that line. That's Thanks for right. correcting me. Thank you, sir. Easy one. Yep. So yeah, if it's just blue horrors and brimstones left, then then it's just can't form actions and loses. Got it. So keep one pink horror around. Let the little gribbly guys die first. So, exactly. Um, but yeah, so um, and for anybody who didn't um who hasn't heard the the new rule for horrors is um when one dies, you roll a dice on a four plus, he'll split. So the pink horror will split into two blues on a four yep. plus. And then the a blue dies, he'll leave behind a brimstone, a single brimstone on a four plus. Yeah. So, and they, they can't split if you destroy the entire unit with one set of attacks. Um, yeah. So if you want to deal with them. It's an after the attack is resolved thing. Yeah. So um, much like Necrons, kill them all. Don't exactly. let them come back. Uh, now we got to talk about, though, the greatest, one of the best units in the entire codex and definitely the best unit in this in this in the book of change. Yep. The Flamers. Everybody's talking about the Flamers. Yeah, well, these guys are hot. Bum bum. Well played, <laughs> sir. Thank you. Um 
Yeah, so Flamers, move 12. They've got Fly. Um, their strength 5, which is important because that's the strength of their weapon. Uh, toughness 4, 3 wounds each. Uh, they've got 3 attacks, which is actually quite a lot for each unit. And yeah. then their Demon Save is 6 up in combat, but 3 up against shooting. Now, they are armed with Flickering Flames, which are 12-inch range, Assault D6 plus 3 each, Strength 5, because that's their, their user strength, AP 2, damage 1, and it automatically hits the target. Very strong. And, and coming in at 25 points at the moment. Yeah, at 25 points a pop, D6 plus 3 shots each at Strength 5, Neg 2, damage 1. That is a lot of automatically hitting flamery goodness. And then, if you'd like to be silly and just buff them up just a little bit more, yep. spend a few points and allow me to introduce you to my friend, the Exalted Flamer. Yep. Um, and he's got the Blazing Warpfire ability. While a friendly Flamer's unit is within six inches of this model, each time a model in that unit makes an attack with Flickering Flames, that attack has a strength characteristic of plus one. So now it becomes a strength six. All of your Flamers within six now become strength six. Well, Dave. So... Why don't we turn up the heat a little bit more Please with do. a psychic power which buffs that unit's shooting for plus one to wound. And take it away, Mike. Yeah, well, that's what we got here with the Zinch. Uh, one of the psychic powers, Infernal Flames, gives a Zinch core unit within 18 and visible plus one to wound on their shooting attacks. Yeah, so um, go ahead and if you must, drop your Ky- drop Kairos Fate Weaver, run him forward, fly him forward, whatever you want, warp locus him, or have him deep strike on his own mm-hmm. um, or, or bring in somebody and then uh, or just make sure he's within range when you deep strike all your three squads of six flamers each and one exalted flamer all in one go make sure they're all within the exalted flamers aura and then one of those units gets the um, gets the the infernal flames uh, blessing and uh, now you've got two units of Strength six, and then one unit of strength six plus one to wound, automatically hitting a ton of metric ton of shots coming in. These guys are going to roast you. Just in case it wasn't enough, remember all the heralds give these guys real ones to wound as well. And good point. Yeah. So have a have a herald running along behind just to give them reroll ones to wound too. So yeah, there. This is this is the combo that we're talking about that is going to cause everybody a serious headache. Um. So. Um, if you see flamers on your opponent's cart before you start deployment, you <laughs> better come up with a plan. Hopefully you have some ability to shoot at things when they come down to deep strike or have one of those infiltrator-esque um, no deep striking within 12 of a certain area so you can wall at least screen them out or something because this is one of the few units that's going to deep strike on you and they, you don't have to worry about, they're not worried about a yeah. nine-inch charge range. They don't care. Nope. They're just going to flame you off the table. So. Um, other the the moving on the Zinch screamers are the fast attack choice. Um, I think they're good for running forward and grabbing quick objectives. They aren't they're not yep. obsec, but they they're they're fast at sixteen inch movement. They are good for, good for secondaries where you got to be yep. on the on certain places on the board. Yeah, good for that. Yep. Uh, and then there's the heavy sport choice of the burning chariot, which is a chariot with a couple flamers mounted on the top. Yeah, and if you want the exalted flamer, but you want him on a chariot, this is basically your alternative, and he's a bit faster. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can run if you if you don't want to deep strike your exalted flamer and have him ride up on a chariot behind instead for style points. Go for yeah, it. Touche. Uh, all right, moving on. 
that is the book of change. Not a lot of, not a huge number of data sheets per se. We're going to, the book of the next one's really ridiculous, but um, not, a, and then Slanesh has, I think what, three dozen heralds or something like that. But yeah. uh, moving on first, the book that Mike spent a little too much time reading into this week, mm. the book of contagion. I can feel him in my nose. Nurgle's here. <laughs> He's given me some exalted abilities. Yes. He has given you bountiful gifts. He's not giving me hideous visage because I'm, no. I'm still handsome, but yes, uh, I've got the bountiful gifts. Yep. Uh, so bountiful gifts that, that Mike is uh, speaking of. Um, he ha- is, says at the end of each battle round, uh, if this model is on the battlefield, you can retain up to two unspent warp storm points. And the cool. warp storm points, as we discussed in the first episode, can provide you a lot of really cool abilities. Yeah. Uh, I actually did play against a, um, an entirely Nurgle plus Bellacor demons list a couple weeks ago. Um, and that ability to, to main- with bountiful gifts to maintain warp storm points made my life an additionally level of difficult every turn. So that is not yep. something to be undervalued. Yeah, well, when that regeneration one costs five, having those extra two just in the bag is really, really good. Yep. Uh, and the Nurgle ones can be quite useful as well. Yep. Um, Hideous Visage is the next one. While an enemy unit is within six inches, subtract one from their leadership and subtract one from combat attrition tests. And that will, of course, stack with the demonic aura, uh, demonic terror. Yeah. Just in case you want to make people run away even harder. Yeah. And but then we if have... you're not playing Night Lords, I mean, this would be something you might <laughs> want to stack on if you're playing Night Lords with, um, you know, a small patrol of, uh, of, chaos, of Nurgle demons yeah. falling along behind. Yeah, absolutely. So, personally, I would still rather do that, rather throw in the, the, um, the chaos, the Renegade Knights um, patrol detachment, but that's true. Choose, choose your flavor of, of how you want to poison your opponent, I guess. Yeah. Revoltingly, revoltingly resilient. Well, um, each time a melee attack is made against this model, subtract one from the damage characteristic to a minimum of one. Uh, that's the most expensive at 30 points. The others are 20 and 25, respectively. Um, yeah. But he's going to make your great unclean one even more. Yes. Resilient and you want you got to stick around. You put this on him, and he ain't going nowhere. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, strats. You got a you got a top pick here. Anything jump um, out at you? Oh, well, put me on the spot here. Um, I think I still like crushing bulk. Crushing just bulk it's is pretty funny. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Crushing bulk, guys, for 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 guys and gals for one CP. Um, use this stratagem after a plague drones, beasts of Nurgle, or great unclean one unit finishes a charge move. Select one enemy unit with an engagement range of that unit and roll a D6 for each model in the charging unit. In the charging unit, not in the unit that gets charged. So if you're doing a great unclean one, it's just one dice. But adding three to the result if that unit is a great unclean one. And then on a six, uh, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. And on a nine, that unit suffers D3 plus three mortal wounds instead. So. Nice. It's not a good, it's not a great chance of getting that D3 plus three mortal wounds. It's, you know, but. You know, if you're doing it with a great unclean one, which, I mean, it's crushing bulk. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, you know, rolling so the dice the, and getting a couple of D3 wounds in is nice. I Really, statistically, mathematically, you're better off to use this on a, on a unit of Beast of Nurgle. Yeah. And have them yeah, come, yeah, yeah. come flying um, in. The strat to watch out for is essentially a, a transhuman. Um, that, that was my top pick um, the previous time we attempted to record this. But a oh, player right. is unit... Um, you can... Any wound roll that is less than a four is just a fail regardless of any abilities you might have. Um, and based on power rating, it's more expensive stratagem. Um, but Plague Bearer's unit does include things like Plague Drones, so it can be quite powerful. Yes. 
Yep, and that's a one CP, two CP based on the uh, the power rating um, of the unit. So I don't know why we're still trying to make power rating a thing, but hopefully in tenth edition that goes away. All right, uh, warp rot discipline again. It's a there's several blessings of the grandfather here. A couple witch fires, a couple maledictions. Yep. Um, I'm actually surprised that there's not um, seven. So yeah, powers, well, but can't have everything. It is, it is. Otherwise, each should get nine. That's true. That might be that might be a bit much. Yes. Um, the best one here, in my opinion, because it has the most impact on the game, is Malodorous Paul. Um, and this is warp charge of eight, so high cost. Select one enemy unit with an eighteen and visible to the psyker until the start of your next. Psychic phase, that enemy unit cannot perform actions and any that it is performing immediately fail and it loses objective secured. Very strong. Very strong. Very strong. And the fact that it's it's 18 inches means you don't have to be right up in somebody's face. A lot of the abilities for taking away obsec and such got to be within six inches. Yeah. If you're that close, just kill them off the point and don't worry about it. You know? Yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah, but th- being able to stand back from 18 inches away, your action's canceled. You're not doing any actions and... And you've lost OBSEC. Have a nice day. Uh, all right. Warlord traits again. We got to pick one because you only get to pick one out of this list of six. There's a couple of decent options actually here, but uh, your top pick? My top pick, I quite like uh, Acidic Icker. Um, so each time the Warlord loses a wound as a result of a melee attack, uh, rolled in 1d6 on a 4 plus, uh, they suffer a mortal wound. To um, Each unit can only suffer a maximum of six mortal wounds per phase as a result of this ability. Um, so if Someone puts two units into combat with your great and clean one, which realistically they might need because he's going to be so hard to kill. Yeah. On a four plus for each wound that they take off him, they'll take a mortal wound in return. So potentially six mortal wounds to each unit. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish that heaving mass, which gives you two extra wounds, I wish it was just a plus one toughness just to be stupid. Have a T10. <laughs> t- I wanted to see a T10 great and clean one on the table. So. I mean, Leagues of Otan would still kill it in a heartbeat, but it, it would be cool. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Relics of Nurgle. Which top three? Okay. So um, I am a big fan of the Entropic Nell. So in your command phase, you let one enemy unit within 12 inches of the, this model till the start of your next command phase. Enemy units cannot benefit from that enemy unit's aura abilities. And for the purposes of determining which player controls an objective marker, treat the number of models in that unit as half its current number. Any way to manipulate who's controlling objectives in the command phase, for me, is uh, almost an auto-pick. Because you can flip who's controlling an objective and then get more points in your turn for it. So I think that one's really, really strong. The next one is actually the Tome of a Thousand Poxes. So the bearer knows one additional psychic power from the Warp Rot discipline. And each time the bearer manifests a psychic power from that discipline, if the psychic test is a seven, um, it can't be denied. Right, I've read this wrong. I thought it was a seven or more, but actually Mm. it's just a seven. So it's not quite as good as I thought it was. Yeah. I mean, knowing an additional psychic power is nothing to sneeze at, but... um, Yeah, having to do it on a seven specifically. Because you specifically have to roll a seven. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of a bummer, and it's even worse than that because if you have if you are using something like Malorder's Paul that has a warp charge of eight, yeah, rolling a seven does you no good. No, it's it, weird I thought it would like if it was seven, it would automatically pass and cannot be denied. Then it would be. Yeah. Also, if you had a modifier, yeah, and you rolled a seven, your modifier would mean that it could be denied because it it says here the test 
result is a seven, not unmodified seven. Very strange. Um, yeah. I don't know about that one. However, I do know about corruption. Um, yes, you as do. In, as in the relic. Oh, as right. in the relic. No, the relic, of yeah. course. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you select one melee weapon, you add one to its damage, and each time an attack is made with that weapon, uh, the enemy, the target, essentially can't use any rules to ignore the wounds it loses. Abaddon. Initially, a great unclean one's not that scary, but you give him plus one damage to his weapons and ignoring things like a wound cap, like a badden, and feel no pains, suddenly is pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. When he, now he can walk in and one shot, you know, a, a Catan. So, yep. yeah, now, now he's, now you got something there. So yeah, the putting that, putting the corruption relic on, um, on a great and clean one is, that's a legit. I also, I got to, as a, as a honorable mention, I got to throw in the endless gift. At the start of your command phase, the bearer regains up to a number of lost wounds equal to the current battle round number. So <laughs> if you can get him to survive to turn four and five, hi, he just healed four. Hi, he just healed five. That's, that's not bad. If you can make him to turn five and then he, you're great unclean when he heals five, he's not dying at no, all. I would not be happy about that if I'd got him down to like one wound. Yeah. And then he and pops then he back up, up to five. five. Yeah. yeah. Um, and their base toughness is nine. So, yep. uh, speaking of whom, Rotigus. Rotigus. Um, so, Rotigus. Now, the stats here are basically the same, uh, a bit like with Kairos um, and the uh, and, and Scar and before. But uh, movement seven, weapon skill two plus, uh, ballistic skill three plus, strength seven, toughness nine, 24 wounds, six attacks. Um, so, it'll be 22 wounds for the great unclean one. Uh, it's 24 here for Rotigus. And then demon save is a five plus in combat and a four plus against ranged attacks. Now, he's got a few different weapons here. So he's got Streams of Brackish Filth, which is a 12-inch range, auto-hitting, 2d6, strength 6, minus 3, damage 1 weapon. Pretty nice. Um, and remember, he can use it while he's engaged as well, with no penalty to hit. Yep. Uh, and then we have his Fanged Maw, which is like one attack with his mouth, uh, which is strength 7, AP 1, 2 damage. And then we have his Gnarl Rod, uh, this can do a sweep or a mighty strike. Um, the mighty strike is strength eight minus three, flat three damage, um, and the sweeping blow is um, strength seven, AP two, one damage. Uh, and then we've got malefic seven with the nurgling claws, which are only strength two. Yeah, but with his base six attacks, and then he's got the the malefic seven with the nurgling claws and the malefic one with his fanged maw. He actually ends up having fourteen total attacks. Yeah. So that's not bad. It's not bad. That's a, that's a good dose of attacks. Obviously, the Nurgling Claws at Strength 2 are not anything anybody's going to really get worried about, but it, there's always that chance it's going to chip off the last wound off your commander or chip the last wound yeah. off of a squad and going to hurt your feelings. Yeah. Um, he's got some really cool abilities here. So he's got the Nurgle uh, reroll ones to hit for core units within six, uh, as you'd expect to a greater demon. He's got Deluge of Nurgle. So each time he successfully casts a power, if the result of the psychic test was a 7+, plus, after resolving the psychic power, the closest enemy unit within 24 inches of his D3 mortal wounds. And that's each time now he casts two powers. Yeah, so that he's doling out a, a two, two D3 extra mortal wounds. Yeah. It's pretty good. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. And it, there's no limitation that they, they will all go on the same unit too if they're, yeah. you know, if it's still the closest unit within 12, within 24. So, um, yeah, Rodrigus is, Rodrigus is strong. I, I, I think he's worth more than a second look um, if you're going to yeah. be putting together a, a book of Contagion. 
uh, list or a, or a list that includes Nurgle. And yeah. then, uh, like you said, the, the great and clean one is the same stat line, minus two wounds. He's got a variety of additional weapons. The plague flail uh, is kind of cool. It's set, uh, seven inch range. Seven. Um, it's an assault D6 plus three. Uh, and it is strength user. So strength seven, minus three AP, two damage. Nice. Um, nice. He's got his putrid vomit, which is, um, uh, it's an assault D6, 12 inch, strength five, neg two, damage one, flamer, automatically hits. Um, and then you can choose between him having the bile sword or the bile blade. Um, or no, I'm sorry. The, the plague flail can be replaced, can be replaced with the bile blade. And the bile blade is um, strength seven, neg three, two damage. Um, and you can always reroll the wound rolls. Nice. Um, the bile sword is the, is, is the cool one because it uh, has the, the big strike um, that automatically wounds if you forever for hit rolls of six. Um, it's a strength eight, neg three, D6 damage. And then, of course, it's got the sweep profile that doubles his attacks at neg three damage one. And then he also has the nurgling claws. And he has the doomsday bell, um, which... The Doomsday Bell, as a weapon, is not great. It's strength eight, neg one, two damage. You think neg one, why would I ever get that? Thank you for asking. The Doomsday Bell also has the ability in your command phase, select one friendly Plague Bearer's core unit within 12 inches of the bearer to be replenished. You can return one destroyed model from that unit to the battlefield with its full ruins remaining. If that unit is an infantry unit, you return D3 destroyed models. These units cannot be set up within engagement range. Um, and each unit can only be replenished once per turn. So if it's a plague drone unit, they get a plague drone back brand new and healthy. And if it's plague bearers, infantry unit, it gets D3 models back. Nasty. That's why you bring the doomsday bell. You're not, you it's if you bonk somebody in the head with it, great, but you can, and you get the doomsday bell in place of the bile sword. So you can still give them another weapon. Yeah. For, for doing other attacks. So you're, you're not sacrificing all of your melee potential by giving him the bell. But having that bell gives you that reincarnation, regeneration ability, which I think is key. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, anyway, of course, of manipulating objectives in the command phase, this is one of them. Um, so, yeah, really like it. Yeah. Yeah, bring back the D3 models that have obsec in the command phase before you've scored your points. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a huge play. Yeah. All right. Um, pox bringers, uh, spoil pox scriveners, epidemius, sloppity bile piper, horticulus slimex are your heralds. Yep. They all have the herald keyword, right? Yeah, they, these all do. Uh, yeah, they've all got the herald keyword. Um, pox bringers, your only psychic one, interestingly. Um, and then you got, yeah, epidemius, as we've said, uh, yeah. the snail riding guy. Epidemius, I won't go through his whole data sheet, but he's, I don't think he's as strong as he was in eighth. No. Um, I think he, he, he was, the few times I played against him, I didn't feel like he was broken, but he was certainly very strong. I don't think he's nearly, he, he's not, the, you're going to be, going to be your first choice Harold. Yeah. Um, so he basically, he, he gets you additional warp storm points. If you kill seven models, then you get to an additional warp storm point in your next roll. Right. Um, and then you reset it to zero. So, you know, you could reasonably get an extra warp storm point every turn after the first, probably. Um, but whether that's worth it is another question. Right. Um, your troops' choices are plague bearers and nurglings. Mm-hmm. You know, plague bearers have got two wounds. Yeah, plague bearers two wounds now in T five. 
Um, everything, everything pretty much except the Nurglings has the five plus demonic save in melee, four plus against ranged, which I'm not happy about uh, <laughs> as a Tau player. Um, now the ones that the the data sheet we got to talk about though, beasts of Nurgle. Yep, beasts of Nurgle. Well, uh, so coming in at, at eighty points as it stands, their movement six, their weapon skills four plus. Okay, um, strength six, toughness six, seven wounds, six attacks. Uh, and they've got that five up, four up. Now their putrid appendages are strength user to six, AP two, flat two damage. That's a good profile. Yeah, yeah, very strong. But if they roll an unmodified six to hit, they do two more wounds on the target, and the attack sequence ends. No cap. Yeah, no cap. That's so, pretty grim. Yeah, and when you've got six attacks each, and you do a squad of three of them, you're rolling out eighteen dice. You got a good chance of rolling some sixes in there and getting some mortal wounds off. Not to be underestimated. And then it gets worse, Mike. Please tell everybody why. <laughs> okay, so grotesque regeneration. This is what everybody's mad about. Uh, at the end of each phase, if a model in this unit has lost any wounds but was not destroyed, that model regains all of its lost wounds. That's right. A seven wound model that you diligently worked hard and shot at a lot or charged at and pounded a lot with thunder hammers and you were able to get it all the way down because of his demonic saves. You got it down to one wound. <sighs> He's back to seven. It's it's the gaslighter of forty k, the ultimate <laughs> gaslighter of forty k. <laughs> you the thought you killed, you thought you did damage, but you didn't. No, uh, and to make matters worse, it explodes when it dies, uh, and it has a six inch heroic intervention. Yeah, yeah, just because. Why not? Just because these are these are obnoxious. I don't think they're broken at all. I've I the guy I played against had a squad of three of them. Yeah, um, they were obnoxious. Um, he did he did uh, demonic teleport them down against me and and have them come scurrying at me or mm. sliding whatever snail crawling whatever <laughs> um and they were painting the, they they did some hurt to me but i was able to kill them so i don't think they're at all broken they're mm. just just be aware of what they do and play accordingly you know they're going to heal up at the end of the turn so if you've damaged at least one model finish it off don't yep. split fire. Don't split your attacks. Just at least pound one of them into the dirt and then move on yeah. if you need to. Yeah. Great for smite screens because uh, if you don't do seven mortal wounds to this unit in front of the enemy's army, they're just going to heal all of the wounds back straight away. Yep. Yep. So uh, then we got the fast attack choice of plague drones. Mm-hmm. They're they're fast. They move, yep. I mean, for binaural standards, they move 10 Lots inches. Lots of attacks. Lots of yep. attacks. They're they're solid. They're they're a solid fast attack choice. They're very resilient. T six five wounds and that same five up four up demonic save. They've got a tree, Dave. Yeah, the one we got to talk about is the feculent gnarl maw, the Nurgle trees. It's a tree. So it's got the warp locust keyword, which is very good because uh, you can deep strike within six of it and just out of six of your enemy. So during deployment, you can set this up anywhere on the battlefield that's more than nine from your opponent's deployment zone. Great. Yep. Um, it's tough and it's, to a for- and it's a fortification so under fortification rules you can remove another piece of terrain to put this down instead mm. so if you're playing with yeah tournament rules that say you can move, remove a piece of terrain you just put it next to your opponent remove one of their pieces of terrain yep and uh, laugh um, yep so it's toughness 7 9 wounds and it's demon saves a 4 plus against melee and a 3 plus against shooting it's really hard to shift uh, it does mortal wounds if there's anyone in engagement range. And if anyone, any models is destroyed by a result of those mortal wounds, you get a warp storm point. Great. 
Uh, and then if any of your friendly demon Nurgle units, excluding vehicles and monsters, are within six, it's minus one to hit them. And then, in your command phase, it continues. you can select one friendly Plaguebearer's infantry core unit within six inches, so Plaguebearer's, to be replenished. If you do, roll 7d6 for each six, return one model to that unit with its full wounds remaining. These models cannot be set up in engagement range, etc. Each unit can only be replenished once per turn. Um, that rule does come across quite a bit, guys. So um, don't worry. You can usually only replenish one unit once per turn. Yes, but, Mike, we go off of bold printed keywords anymore, not just regular words. So it says replenished, but that word replenished is not in bold. It's not a keyword. So if you use your feculent normal mod to replenish a unit, and then you can use the great and clean one to it, to replenish them because Doomsday Bell is the name of the ability to replenish off of the great and clean one. And the Plague Bell's Chime is the name of the ability for the trees. I think under the rules, you can replenish that unit twice. Well, now, it means, it means everybody's <laughs> camped out around the trees, which aren't moving anywhere. I don't think it's, a, it's something you're, you're going to really have to True. play into much anyway. But I think that you have a strong argument that legally that you could make that happen. So if you really yeah. needed to. So anyway, I think the trees are a solid, you know, I, you know most of the fortifications in the game suck. Let's be honest. Yeah. But this is one of the few that is worth a second look and is worth a consideration in playing around. Absolutely. So, all right. And now, the Book of Stephen. I mean, the Book of Slanesh. The Book Stephen of Slanesh. Here to defend himself. But, <laughs> uh, the Book of Excess. Yep. The only thing, the only excess, Mike, that Steve knows is bench pressing and monsters. But, um, <laughs> uh, all right. So, Exalted Keepers of Secrets get the exalted abilities of exaltedness. Yep. Um, now, it's a shame Steve's not here to try and pronounce some of these, but uh, <laughs> I will do my, do my best. Um, so, Diaphanous Panoply. Uh, each time a ranged attack is made against this model, subtract one from that attack's wound roll. Wow. Very strong. Uh, Epicurean of Agonies. Each time this model makes a melee attack, unmodified hit roll of six scores an additional hit. Okay. Okay. Insatiable Onslaught. Plus two to advance and charge rolls. Wow. Yeah. So it's a good thing you can't put more than one of these on a single model. It is. It's a good thing that you can't put your plus two advance and charge roll guy in deep strike and turn up wholly within six and just out of six of an enemy unit. Yes. Ah, you can oh, do wait. that. You can do that. Yes, you Excellent. can. Excellent. Yes. Delightful. So in case you had, you know, d- deep strike within six. Oh, look, I have plus two to my charge rolls. I, all I have to do is roll a four. What are the odds? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the diaphanous agony, the, pan, the diaphanous panoply is cool with the minus one to one. I like the yeah. exploding sixes, especially because, you know, the, the keepers have a fairly high number of attacks, as we'll get yep, to. it's true. Um, but, yeah, that you can't really beat the plus two to advance and charge rolls. That's yeah, it's quite nice. Just yeah. stupid good. All right. Um, strats, any of these? Yeah, so um, there's two that pair incredibly well. Um, the one I'll go through is Rapturous Standard, one CP. Start the five phase. Select one Legionis, one Demons Slanesh Icon unit from your army, um, and it gives them reroll hits for melee, just flat out reroll hits for melee. Yep. They don't even need to have charged that turn. And what's the pairing you want to put with it? So you probably stick that on Demonettes because they've got so many attacks. Um, yep. You could put it on, I believe, Seekers as well. Um, because there'll be a Sinesh Icon unit. Um, but you put this on Demonettes and you pair it with Razor Sharp Caress, um, which any of their unmodified sixes to wound are an extra AP. 
So you reroll all your hits, maximize the number of dice you got going into the wound step, and then get as many wound rolls of six as you can. Yep. And you're good. You need really good. Additional AP. Um, and I know we're only talking about a select few here, but the gotcha stratagem needs to be mentioned. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is impossible elegance, one CP. Uh, start the fight phase. So remember, it's at the start of the fight phase. Select one Slanesh character model from your army till the end of the phase. Um, a unmodified hit of one to three always fails, regardless of abilities. So it's essentially trans hitman on a Slanesh model. So it could be a greater demon. It could even be Bellacore. But remember, it needs to be used at the start of the fight phase. Yep. So uh, no waiting around to see if they're going to interrupt or not. You got to play your yeah play your hand and 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 see what happens. But for only one CP, that's insane. It's ridiculous. All right. Um, it's the Soul Stain Discipline. This is a hilarious name. Uh, are your psychic abilities um, anything here jump out that we need to give love and attention to? Um, yeah, so I quite like Symphony of Pain. This one's quite powerful. So Warp Charge 7, select an enemy unit within 18 inches of and visible to the Psyker. To the start of your next Psychic phase, each time a melee attack is made by a model in that unit, subtract one to their hit roll and wound roll. That's a double debuff. Yeah. They're like halves how useful something is in combat, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, your, 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 your chances of actually doing damage at that point, I think, do go down something like 45-50%. So. Yeah. Yeah, And then the other one I'll chuck on top of that um, is Hysterical Frenzy, which is Warp 7. Uh, and then you basically you cast it on something like Demonet, so a Slanesh core unit. And then um, you get, they get an extra attack and uh, an unmodified hit roll of 6 is an additional attack. Hit is an additional hit. So yeah. you give them an extra attack and exploding 6s to hit. And then they've got full rerolls to hit in melee and their 6s to wound or an extra AP. Um, and this unit just became ludicrous. Yes. Yep. Um, all right. Warlord traits. What is your top warlord trait out of this book? Hmm. Okay. So I am a big fan of uh, ignoring invulnerable saves on a five plus. So that is one of the warlord traits called fatal caress. Each time you make a melee attack, an unmodified successful wound of five plus invulnerable saves cannot be made against that attack. Yep. Do you, do you have a favorite? Uh, I do actually. I like the murder dance because. <laughs> um, I, I, because my idea, my thinking is I want to just max out the number of attacks I can have as, as possible and just yeah. go in and just get stupid with, you know, as many attacks as humanly possible, stack up hysterical frenzy and something, or now that's a core unit, but, um, you know, just pile on as many attacks as possible. So you can wait into a, wait into a, uh, yeah. um, into a combat and just roll as many dice as possible. Cause we know that my dice rolling sucks. So this is the exploding sixes exalted one that you picked as well. I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah. So I like the murder dance. That was my, my pick. Um, relics of Slanesh. Um, I think there was one in here that gave extra attacks. No, it's not. Oh yes. The mark of excess. Add one to yeah. the bear's attacks characteristic. Each time the bear makes a melee attack that destroys a character, monster, or vehicle unit, add one to the bear's attacks characteristic for the rest of the game. That was the wow. one I like. The mark of excess, mixing that with the murder dance. By by turn three, you are stomping around with so many attacks. That is a lot. Your opponent's just going to go, can we do this on a calculator or like a dice roller app? Because <laughs> I don't want to sit here and watch you overload your dice box. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I quite like the uh, silver strike. So this is a wit stealer sword replacement. So on, on your, your big uh, keeper of secrets. Uh, each time any model loses any wounds as a result of an attack made by this weapon, 
um, they're minus one to their hit and wounds in melee. So if you if you wound anybody with this, they're minus one to hit and wound. Further yeah. to that, it's strength plus three, AP three, flat three damage. Um, so I like this for really neutering uh, an enemy unit. Yeah, and just to be clear, that is that minus one to hit and wound. Um, that's for the rest of the game. It says yep. until the end of the battle. So that is a, you have now cursed that person, even if you are going into a mirror match and whacked Bellacore with it. Bellacore is at a minus one to hit and wound for the rest of the game. Yep. And then I've got one third choice for you, Dave. Go for it. And this on a particular model as well. So Slothful Claws replaces Ravaging Claws or Snapping Claws. Now, Snapping Claws are on your Lord of, uh, your Keeper of Secrets, right? Right. Ravaging Claws is on one of the chariots, which is quite interesting. Oh. It's plus one damage, and each time an enemy loses a wound as a result of an attack made by this weapon, uh, that enemy unit's not affected by aura abilities. Okay, cool. So you can put this on what is called a Torment Bringer on Exalted Seeker Chariot. I'm not going to go through everything here, um, but essentially your eight strength user AP2 flat two damage attacks becomes all damage three. And suddenly a model that isn't a Keeper of Secrets but is a Herald is putting out some really dangerous uh, attack power in combat. Yeah. Yeah, and I like stuff that shuts off aura abilities too because mm. we use a lot of auras, um, especially against um, cast-based marines, regular um, loyalist marines. Um, certainly, uh, Admech has a lot of aura abilities, so yeah. being able to turn off those aura abilities against certain opponents really puts a throws a monkey wrench in their um, battle plan. So, yeah, that's a good one. And then uh, the whip of agony is kind of cool. I won't go into it, but it's it replaces a, a, a you know one of the whips on one of the characters, um, and is obnoxious. So, um, but that one's I think more of a style pick. I don't think it's going to be highly competitive. Um, all right, your named keeper of secrets, Shalaxi Hellbane. Yep, Shalaxi's here. Um, She's quick. Yeah, they're very quick. Sixteen inch move. Um, bear in mind, no fly, but 16 inch move very fast. Uh, two plus, two plus, strength six, toughness seven, 22 wounds, and of course, 20 on the normal Keeper of Secrets. Six attacks, um, and the demon save is a five up in combat and a four plus against shooting. Strong. Very strong. We then have the Living Whip, which is um, uh, one of two options. So you can take the Living Whip or you can take the Shining Ages. Uh, the Living Whip is a uh, Assault 6, 12-inch range, Strength 6, AP2, Flat 2 damage uh, range weapon. Or you can take the Shining Aegis, which is just war gear, um, but it gives you a 4-plus um, unmodifiable save in combat, which you're probably looking at, if we're honest. Yes. Um, just a bit more durability, right? Um, she's got the Snapping Claws, which is common to the, the Keeper as well. And this is Strength User, AP4, Flat 3 damage. Importantly, Malefic 4, so depending on your reading of that, could be incredibly dangerous. It's probably the most powerful malefic weapon in the book. Yes, I would absolutely agree. And then even if you, and even if you even if you don't read it as, you know, yeah. that that way that it ignores armor of contempt and all that, um, it's still an additional four attacks. Yeah. You know, hitting on two. So you've you've now taken Shalaxi from her base six attacks. You now you're up to ten. Yeah. And so. it's AP four flat three damage. Like that's strong. Real yeah. strong. Yep. Um, Soul Piercer uh, is almost more of the same, really. So it's strength 12 now um, because it's times two strength. AP4, flat three damage, um, but against characters, D3 plus three damage. Uh, so she's kicking out 10 attacks that are strength six to 12, AP4, flat three damage. Yep. 
and those and and those six attacks with Soul Piercer, you get him in it, up up into a character doing D three plus three damage each. Yep. Your character's not long for this world. Probably. No, absolutely. Unless not. you're unless you go off on your on your invulnerable saves. Yep. Not long for this world. And if you do survive to hit her back uh, or them back, um, they have mesmerizing form, which is minus one to the hit roll uh, for any attacks made against them, and then in melee. Uh, minus one to wound as well. So pretty hard to kill in melee. Yep. Uh, they have, of course, got the greater demon core reroll ones to hit. Right. And then what's the moniker of the hunt? Oh, that's her heroic intervene six inches. For characters, yeah. Yeah. So if there's a character within six inches, she can heroically intervene six inches. Um, yeah. And remember that a heroic intervention doesn't actually have to finish an engagement range. So depending how you did it, provided you ended... Um, within engagement well in this case the six inches has to go within engagement range of an enemy character unit but normally a heroic intervention wouldn't have to finish an engagement range right all right and then there's uh, the regular keeper of secrets which just like all the others then the has two less than her her named uh counterpart or their named counterpart um also has the living whip also has the shining ages also has the snapping claws and has the wit stealer sword uh which is uh strength eight neg three three damage and each time an enemy model loses any wounds as a result of an attack made with this weapon until the end of the battle, each time that model makes a melee attack, subtract one from that attack's wound roll. So cool, very it's cool almost there. almost better in some ways because if she goes in and charges and kills something first, then they're minus one to wound her back or or them back, right? Right. Yep. And then let's see. There's the um, the model, and then uh, she also comes with a ritual knife. Um, at the end of the fight phase, you can select one enemy model within three inches of the bearer that lost any wounds during that phase as a result of an attack made by the bearer. Roll one d6 on a two plus that wound. That model suffers d3 mortal wounds, so just a chance of throwing in a couple extra Great. mortal wounds. Uh, and then that one can that ritual knife is replaced with either the living whip, the shining ages, or the sinistrous hand, uh, which at, says at the end of the fight phase, if any enemy models were destroyed by an attack made by the bear that phase, the bear regains up to D3 lost wounds. So a little, a cheeky Great. little way to heal up some wounds there. So. Yeah, very nice. Um, and they've got mesmerizing form again uh, for minus one to hit for any attack made against them. Yeah. So they are, they are a very strong data sheet, very strong model. Um, and then this is the one where we have, a ridiculous, just it, it's just a stupid amount of heralds. There's yep. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, I believe it is eight. Eight. Yep, there are eight, eight heralds. heralds in this coda, in this book. We are not reading any of them. No, I'm kidding. Um, I know you were a big fan. Uh, we, were, you and I were both big fans of the Infernal and Rapturous and the Mask of Slanesh for yeah. different reasons, different play styles. Yeah, Infernal in Rapturess, um, big things with her. She she does get the Warp Locus keyword, which I'm I keep harping on about. Uh-huh. Yeah, because um, it's huge. She, she's got a harp. Do you see the joke? Anyway, oh. uh, it's technically a liar. But ladies and gentlemen, Mike does not actually have kids, but he's got the dad jokes on lockdown. I'm ready. Speaking speaking as a father of three, dude, you are ready. Let me let me tell you. Um, where were we? Uh, where were we? Oh yes. Um, and we wouldn't want to to make a liar of you, although she's playing her heartstring liar. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, no, go ahead. 
She's got the oh, she's got the lieutenant re- re- reroll ones to wound aura. Yeah, yeah. She's got this harmonic alignment, um, which lets you return models to a uh, Sunesh core unit. Bit like the Doomsday Bell from the Nurgle guy. It works in exactly the same way. Um, and it's D3 if it's an in- infantry unit. So you can return models uh, back to the table, which is quite nice. Um, and she's got like some serious firepower in that um, in that la- liar. Uh, she's got a strength 9 AP3 D3 plus 3 damage shot, which is pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, which she's hitting on with a 3-up. So you got a, yeah. you got pretty good odds of whacking something. It's, it's going to hurt a vehicle or something. Yeah, I like her. I, th- yeah. I think she's got some good play. Yeah, no, she's strong. And then um, on the sort of the other end of the spectrum, you've got the the mask of Slanesh. She's got a ten inch movement, uh, two up, three up, um, four strength, four toughness, four wounds, six attacks again, and a four up, four up, um, demonic save. She's armed with the serrated claws, so it's only strength four, but it's neg three, two damage. Yeah. Um, and then she has the eternal dance start of the fight phase. Select an enemy unit within engagement range of this model. Then select one of the following effects until the end of the phase. Effect one, until the end of the phase, each time a friendly Legion's Demonica Slanesh model makes a melee attack, add one to the attack's hit roll. Or, effect two, until the end of the phase, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, subtract one from that attack's hit roll. Uh, Or, option three, until the end of the phase, each time a model in that enemy unit makes a melee attack, subtract one from that attack's wound roll. So, she's got some, she is there to help make sure that either your um, your demonettes or your other um, another slanesh unit really hits hard and hits on two ups or three ups, um, whereas or just add in some extra survivability with the minus one to hit or minus one to yeah. win in combat. So she's got a cheeky uh, another ability, dazzling acrobatic, where she can uh, move like a harlequin, so she can ignore models and terrain uh, when she moves, and she can fall back and charge. Yeah, hmm. a slanesh model that acts like a harlequin. Weird. Suspicious suspicious uh yeah so then and then you've got of course um the other six including a couple of them that are riding on the chariots um, yeah you got you know. uh the one standing on the um the the dude's shoulders you got in the mirror you got uh the one on the big chariot the torment bring on the big chariot yeah you got one riding i don't is this an infantry one yep you got one that's just on foot Oh yeah, there's yeah, there's the, the torment bringer on secret chariot, and then there's the torment bringer on hellflare. Hell, so two different chariots with a slightly different character. There are three chariots. There are three chariots. Okay, yeah, that's why. Great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So uh, if if any of this sounds any bit interesting, guys, definitely uh, do some real reading into each of the heralds. I think of all the the four books of chaos here, the Slanesh not only has the most choices, but it has some of the best choices for playing into certain combos and setting up, you know, yep. building, building your, your, um, your list around. So, um, I wish we had time to go into all of them because, um, Mike and I have talked about it and there are some really cool combos and some, some really interesting, yeah, there um, are. snazzy effects you can pull off. Um, plus we like Seleski because she reminds us that's, that's the one where, um, it's the, um, it looks like a demonette riding on the shoulders of a larger dude. And it reminds us of master blaster from beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> um, so, uh, all right, but that's enough with the heralds. Then, obviously, your troops' choice are the um, inimitable demonettes. Yep, four um, attacks base. That's what I'm four saying. attacks base. Yep, and five attacks Boom. for the Elures, the sergeant model. Um, and then you can give them an icon. You can give them a, an instrument of chaos for yeah. for access to those strats. So uh, the piercing claws are yeah. Pierce their piercing claws are strength four, neg two, one damage. 
But when we talked about how much you can add attacks and just get silly yeah. with them, they can just, be very strong. Just wow. Yeah. Uh, fiends are an, the, are an elite choice, uh, and they have a soporific musk aura um, that causes anybody with an engagement range to have a minus one to hit um, in combat. Um, and they are very fast. The fiends move at 14 inches. Oh, yeah. The demonettes move at 10 inches. The fiends move at 14. And then you have the seekers, which move at 16 inches as a fast attack choice. Cool. So, um, these guys are dangerous as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all dangerous. They're, yeah, they're yeah. all, yeah, four attacks each again. Um, and then they, these all have the five up, four up demonic save. Um, and then we get into the myriad versions of chariots, the Hellflare, yeah. the Seeker chariot, and the Exalted Seeker chariot. No, you can't put Exalted abilities on the Exalted Seeker chariot, people. Don't try it. <laughs> uh, top pick for me out of the chariots is the Hellflare um, because it's got the bladed axle for uh, four is extra. That- that's that's Tanks. the one that's got the spinning um, blades on the front. Yeah, that's the, the little, one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's that's my top pick. I think that's the best one of the flares. Uh, best yeah. one of the the chariots. Um. Oh yeah, and that and it has the cutting down the foe. So if it made a charge move this turn, it's um bladed axle, um, which is Oof. strength six, neg two, two damage goes from malefic four to malefic six. So yeah, yeah, I and it moves fourteen inches. So there's a good chance that thing's gonna come in and chew people up. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Book's done. We can go home now, right? Uh, I'm afraid not, Dave. <sighs> Piers, we've not even read the book about the warp yet. The next bit not... says the book of the warp. You are correct. We have not. We are getting into the book of the warp. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, your favorite gigantic black horned winged prince of princes, Bellacor. This is where you find him. Yes. Prince is here. The prince is here. Now, there is, there are no warlord traits, no strats, no anything else in this book. They has, um, there is the return of the Noctic Discipline, um, which I believe was in the Army of Renown, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so pretty much everything here is uh, the same as the Army of Renown. Obviously, with wording changes, everything's changed a bit. Um, should we talk through a few of the Noctic Discipline powers? Sure. Yeah, we got some time. Um, so what's important for you to know is that any of your psychers can generate from this discipline, provided Bellacor is included in the army. Um, so any god-dedicated uh, demon could uh, take psychic powers from here. If so if, you got, if you've got if you've got Bellacor, your great unclean one can be spitting out Noctic Discipline yes. psychic powers. Yeah, for exactly example. that. Uh, now, for me, top picks here, we've got uh, Paul of Despair. This one is really nasty. Um, warp Charge 7. Select an enemy unit within 18 and visible to the Psyker, roll 3d6. If it's above their leadership characteristic, then um, you remove one of their aura abilities okay, until the start of your next Psychic phase. They can't perform actions and they fail actions and they fight last. Fight last are pretty good people. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. That kind of sucks. Very, very good. Uh, then we have uh, Shrouded Step, which means you can teleport a legion, a demon's infantry unit um, that's within 18 inches and set it up anywhere on the board that's more than nine from the enemy. That's pretty so, good. Yeah, your your psyker can just pick any legion, any legion's demonica infantry or disciples of Bellacor infantry in it and yeet them across the board. Yes, particularly good on flamers. 
particularly good on flamers. Don't hate me if everybody starts doing that. I, I won't. I will just blame them. Yeah. I don't hold you responsible for what people do with the information we provide them. Good. Um, yeah, so there's some really good powers in there. Um, yeah. Definitely worth taking uh, a few of these if you are running Bellacore. Um, speaking of which, uh, yeah. you might want to consider it. Yes. Yeah. One more uh, Pyrag I want to point out is Penumbral Curse. It's a malediction with a warp charge of seven. Pick an enemy in it within 18 inches of the Psyker until the, next, until the start of the next Psychic phase. They are minus one to wound um, in melee, and they are minus one AP in melee. So kind of like, yes. I kind of dig that one. The AP um, bit's very strange. Uh, I still don't understand why it's there, but one day I'll understand, I'm sure. Because somebody heard about somebody running around last year with um, a Death Watch and a metric ton of Thunderhammers. Uh, Mike. Yes. Um, also, because I'm going to guess maybe they knew that um, Chthonian Berserks were on the horizon. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's just the worsening the armor penetration because they're demons. They don't care about armor penetration anyway. Oh my so god, I, I didn't even think about that. Find it really strange that they'd put that wording in the in the book. And You're then, right. Yeah, I was like, I was all like, this is this is kind of cool. It's kind of like they get their own armor of contempt. And wait a second. But yeah, and then and then when you even think the, about it, yeah, even the soul grinders have a demonic save. So yeah, it's there's nothing that doesn't help any. Wait, does the disciples of Bellacor list have like access to cultists or something? It has access to cultists. You're right, which don't get armor of contempt. So yes, it could help cultists. It could help knights allied with the disciples of Bellacor as well. I guess. Yeah, um, or chaos space marines. Well, they've got armor of contempt. They already got this, armor. This doesn't stack because oh, okay. the, the armor of contempt wording. Um, so yeah, very strange. But all right, there we go. Ho. All right, hey ho, mystery solved. All right, let's let's talk about him, Balakor himself, all the right. the king regent of all demon kind. So he's a twelve inch move, two up to hit, two up ballistic skill, strength eight, toughness seven, twenty wounds, six attacks. His demon save is four plus and a four plus. Okay, now he has the blade of shadows. This is the the sweeping strike is strength user, so strength, strength 8, minus 3, AP, 1 damage, and it doubles his number of attacks. But what you're really doing, and pretty much all the time, is you're going with the piercing strike. Yep. This is strength plus 4, so strength 12, AP 4, D3 plus 3 damage, no invulnerable saves allowed, thank you. Yeah. This is, he's going to walk up, he's just going to rock up and, uh, you know, I'm about to dump stuff. a ton of damage on you. Let's see if you can roll this many five up. Feel no pants. Yep. Very strong. Very, Very strong. strong. Um, and I'd always recommend using the piercing strike. Don't bother with the sweep. It's just yeah. so good. Unless you're going into, unless you're going into Imperial Guard and you just need uh, to yeah, literally true. sweep aside an entire squad in one go. That is true. Um, so shadow form, three bullet points here. So you cannot reroll hit rolls against Bellacore. Just not cannot. allowed. It sucks. No. You're also minus one to hit him. And minus one to wound him. Yes. And any ranged attacks are minus one damage. Yes. Okay. He's pretty tanky. He is. Thank God for, in my game, for um, a lot of marker lights and rail guns. <laughs> <laughs> because your minus one damage against my D3 plus six shot. Yep. Yeah. It, Except that he still gets his invulnerable save, so you know AP was relevant. But yeah, that, I finally was able to bring him down. I think it took four railgun shots to bring him down. Good. 
Yeah. At least it took four. Yes. Oh, and 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 uh, a round of shooting from my ion tide. Oh, fair enough. Fair so enough. yeah, he he tanked a lot before he went down. Yeah. Nice one, Bella. Cool. Um, he's got the Lord of Torment on. aura, uh, which yeah. is minus one leadership and minus one combat attrition, which of course stacks with demonic. And then he's got the Dark Master aura, which is while a friendly demons uh, demons unit or disciples of Bellacor unit is within six inches. Um, reroll hit rolls of one. It's interesting because it's not core locked. Yeah, true. So if you if you want to run like a lot of big demons, he can let them reroll ones to hit. Yeah, cool, perfect. And he does it for himself as well. Uh, and then you can't include um, any demon princes in the same detachment um, as Bellacor, and he rerolls hits and wins against demon prince models. Yeah, so. Um... I almost feel like because demon princes are in this book, but they're almost an afterthought. Like, yeah, in a, in a, in a cast base marines or, or or a thousand suns or list, I could see, or even a, a death guard list, I could see somebody running a demon prince. In this book, I don't see anybody running a demon prince. You got Not so really. many other good characters to run. Yeah, I mean, they do get some cool buffs. We'll see them in a second. Um, they do, but there's there's a couple of undivided uh, units. Um, I think maybe in a zinch army, you might use it just for for like a combat. Orientated yeah. unit, yeah. But otherwise, you're absolutely Maybe. right. Um, so, Bellacor, but not, if, not if you're running Bellacor, you're not because no, you don't need a demon true. prince. <laughs> you, you're running Bellacor, so you don't need the demon prince. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Bellacor um, has all four god keywords. Yep, and he's got warp locus as well, uh, yeah. which is fantastic. Um, and he knows to cast two, uh, and he's got a warlord trait here. Um, if he's the warlord, he has to have this one. So uh, in your command phase, uh, you can give essentially chapter master reroll. So full hit rerolls to a uh, demon's core unit or a disciple's better core unit within nine full rerolls to hit. Yeah, strong. Yeah, he's very he is the complete in, package. He is he is yeah. he is a literal beast on the table. Yeah. So if you see him, shoot him as soon as possible. The because he's also he's also a lot of points. Yeah, the chapter master rolls rerolls is really good, um, and and his shadow form it just makes him very hard to kill. You're gonna have yeah. to double the amount of firepower or triple the amount of firepower you put into him. You can bring him down though, people. Don't look at Belkar and go, oh, I'm gonna lose. Don't do that. Don't no, don't tilt yourself don't. the minute because I started to do that and then I was like, no, you know what? I'm just gonna do what I can. And as soon as he popped his little head into view, I just started trying to gun him down as fast as possible. I, I had him, if I remember correctly, I had him bracketed after one round of shooting just because just because one, I did enough damage with one railgun shot and then the, um, everything else was able to finish him off the next round. So he, don't give up hope if you see Bellacor on the table. You're just going to have to play smart and target prioritize if, you, if you're a shooting army, if you're melee army, get to smacking him as fast as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Send in those Chthonian be- berserkers. Yeah, and if you can't deal with Bellacor, you can just ignore him. Um, that is a possibility as well. He's only got the six attacks, which are really hard hitting into like single targets, but not so much into like a lot of hordes. So you could potentially tarp it, uh, Bellacor with like yeah. thirty bodies. Yeah, or if Scarab swarms, or yeah, um, little or Nurgling swarms you're playing something like or Termagants. Yeah. yeah, you can you can tarp yeah. him for sure. Um, charge in empty rhinos after they've disgorged their cargo. You know, <laughs> be a jerk. Yep. So. Uh, all right. And then, uh, as we said, there the next, uh, we got only two more data sheets in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Demon Prince of Chaos, which is very similar to the one in the 
cast Marine book. Yeah, uh, this guy's basically he's got the, the demonic, same. Except he has a demonic save now. He's got a demonic save, which is a five up in combat, a four plus against shooting. Um, you can give him wings, and uh, you can get a buff for each god that you're dedicated. So for corn, you get plus one strength and plus two attacks. For Zinch, you can manifest an additional psychic power, and you know an additional one from the Zinch discipline. If you're Nogu, you get plus one toughness for toughness seven, and you get plus two move if you're Slanesh. Yeah. So you put wings on him, and then uh, if you want to put wings on him and then give him the Slanesh keyword, um, then he's moving 14 inches. So yeah. that's not bad. He's not bad. You know, you give him the sword for, for strength eight minus three, flat three damage, and he's a bit of a combat kick to something like a Zinch, Zinch army, uh, yeah. or a Nurgle army even, because they don't really have great combat units. Other than the beasts, of course. Right. So no, he's he. If you don't want to pony up the points for Bellicor, throwing in a Demon Prince is a good, is a very strong choice. Depending yeah. on how you want to augment what you're already running. So that he, this is a you're going to choose Bellicor and build your army around Bellicor, or you're going to build your army and then decide you don't want Bellicor, and then you're going to bring in a Demon Prince to boost up something that you need. Yep, absolutely. So, um, and then last but not least um, is the Soul Grinder. Um, the the more demonically possessed version of the crab walker from Chaos Marine book. <laughs> the Defiler. The Defiler, which I, I forgot the name because it's been so long since I saw one on the table. Yeah. Um uh he's he's the, the soul grinder's kind of cool. Eight inch movement, three up weapons and ballistics, eight strength, eight toughness, sixteen wounds. So he's got some resilience. Yeah. Um five up, four up demonic save, five attacks in uh, melee. Um He's got the he's Harvester really Cannon. Yeah, he's got the Harvester it's, Cannon, yeah. which is heavy six, strength six. It's an auto cannon. Strength seven, neg one, two damage. The Phlegm Bombardment, heavy D6, eight, neg two, D, uh, th- uh, flat three damage, and blast. Um, then he's got a, you can give him a Warp Claw, which is a Malefic four weapon at minus two, at strength eight, minus two, two damage, or a Warp Sword, Malefic two, at strength eight, neg three, D3 plus three damage. Yeah, so uh, decent gets, combat, decent yeah. shooting. Yeah, decent combat, decent shooting. Um, he's he's again like the demon prince, like you said. He's a good something to round out or fill in some deficiencies in the rest of your list. Yeah. So and he gets this. He gets similar buffs to the demon prince with depending on what um, demonic uh, keyword uh, chaos gods you devote him to. What keywords you give him? Corns, ancient herbal, slanish. And we did it. And then we've got, they do at the very back of the book, they do have the Disciples of Bellicor Army of Renown that they um, updated yep. and reprinted. A full page of restrictions and benefits here. Um, if you want to run Disciples of Bellicor, it's a cool concept. Definitely just pick up the book. Um, there's so much here. We're not going to go through it. Right. Um, yeah, and they get their own set of stratagems as well. There's six stratagems for Disciples of Bellicor too. Yeah. Uh, but we're not going to go into all that because not many people are probably going to play it because it's Army of Renown. I think I'm going to play it, Dave. Really? Yeah. I thought you were. Really I, was, cool I was expecting Night Lords at LVO this year. Hmm. Well, I don't know. With Guard on the horizon, it oh, might have true. to be Guard. Um, but I'm going to try out Bellacore because there's some really cool things you can do okay. uh, with them. All right, cool. Uh, but we're at an hour and a half, so we have run our time. Um, we have day jobs to get back to. So um, that's going to be about it. There's no battle ready segment. I still got to get a time slot set up with James so we can record some new ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for this episode. Uh, thank you for tuning in and, and continuing to stay with us on this journey through, uh, what appears to be, if rumors are to be believed, the, the waning twilight days of ninth edition. 
Um, we'll see if how that all shakes out in the yeah we'll, we'll in see the, about in the next that. future. But in the meantime, there's a whole lot of there. We've still got you know at least nine months or more of of ninth edition to enjoy and play out. We've still got two more big codexes coming. Not to mention the one that just dropped and then got within days got nerfed, <laughs> although sort of nerfed. Um, and it's the one that I'm hugely excited about. One that our handsomest man of 40k, Jake uh, Harding, yep. is excited about. Um, Steve's excited about Mike's excited about half of our chat group, uh, on, uh, uh, our text chat group is excited about. So, um, yeah, the leagues of OTAN, that's probably going to be the next one. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, please, we have it. I know we have a backlog of rules or questions. It's, that is a backlog that is truly impressive. Um, you guys have all been amazing bringing questions to us on the Facebook group. So I really, really appreciate it. Uh, keep sending those in. Um, I'm actually, I talked very briefly to Steve this morning. We're going to try to record an episode. Um, also this week, uh, so we can do a couple back-to-back releases and just do an all rules lawyer episode and answer a whole bunch of guys' questions and get caught up. Nice. Uh, so if, if that in, in that episode, court will be in session. Um, after that, then I think that's when we're going to do the leagues of Ogotan, um, because I'm so excited about it. I've already started building my army box set that I got. Nice. Um, I'm going to be running Cronus Hegemony. Uh, everybody, know, I know everybody's talking about Emir and. Greater yeah. Thurian Leagues, but I'm I'm all into Kronos. I want to go. I've been doing so many shooting armies for a while. I still want my shooting, but I want yeah. to smack people in melee too. So I'm I'm very That's excited that I'm going to be playing and I'm going to have an army list that plays in all three phases. So, uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it. Uh, I'm going to go back to the office. Uh, and until then, until you hear from us again, this is Dave Colmel from Michael Costello saying, "Come with us. We have such sights to show you. Have a good week." <laughs>